The Winnipeg Jets got their center, and now the question is, what else is Winnipeg going after? We'll talk about that and whether they can make the upgrades internally or externally on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, friends, and welcome every day. Everydayers, thank you so much for joining us on tonight's episode of Locked on Jets. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Now, like I said, the Jets went out and got their center and made a pretty big splash by trading a first-round pick and a conditional third for, for a future draft in exchange for Sean Monahan. And I, and I think, you know, we talked about it last episode. We said it wasn't the most inexpensive trade, especially considering a lot of folks, I I would say, assessed rather properly that Monaghan uh, for, for like a first in the package might be a little bit pricey for what he brings. But, you know, given where the pick is likely to be, which is in the back half of the first round, and the fact that the Jets did not surrender any of their top prospects for a rental is not bad, right? I would say on the whole, you know, the, the trade for me was kind of like, all right, you know, it wasn't my main target. Uh, Sean was a guy who I thought could be a target for like a second round pick or something, maybe a, a lower tier prospect, but uh, a first rounder was a little bit surprising in some ways. You know, the Habs did a really good job of sort of pumping him uh, and then essentially dumping him to a real contender. So I think in a lot of ways, if you're Montreal, you're thrilled with this trade. But I think if you're the Jets, you're actually not too upset either. Uh, Winnipeg definitely had a need for a quality middle six center. And in Monaghan's case, he's going to slide right into the second line or what will hopefully become the second line as, you know, the Jets kind of need to rebalance how their offense is built. I think they do a lot of really good things, but if they can get Perfetti and Ehlers more ice time again, they're going to benefit. And having Monaghan between them might be a pretty good way to do that. So, all told, you know, if it gives the Jets a, a big ice time boost, for, you know, for some of their top players, I'm very okay with that. Now, I think the natural question is, what's next? What else are the Jets going to go after? And I think they have two different ways that they could do this, right? Let's talk about externally. Uh, you've heard me talk about several trade targets the last few episodes. I was very high on guys like Daniel Sprung, uh, Jason Zucker to a degree, similar players who can bring some really quality forechecking skill with great shots, smart offensive instincts. Uh, there's a lot of players on my list that I would love to see, but now that the Jets have Monaghan, I think that's going to reduce some of the pressure to go after uh, perhaps one of the other really big names, right? Winnipeg is probably not going to get a Giroux or a Konechny or anything like that. No Buchnevich is my guess, but the Jets might be able to bring in perhaps a defender, right? Kristanov sounds like he's very affordable. A second round pick plus some other asset to me 
that's a done deal. Like, get it done if you can swing it. Uh, the only thing I think for the Jets might be figuring out what to do maybe with Nate Schmidt. He has been playing really well recently. Uh, he's very much beloved in the room. You can tell that everyone seems to be really fond of him. Jets fans love him. So, you know, having him depart the team is going to be really, really hard. And I think even for me, you know, who's all about asset management and making the best, you know, business decisions possible, I will still be hurting when Schmidt goes. I actually really like him. I've always been a fan of his. And while his time with the Jets maybe hasn't worked out the way that I had hoped it had or hoped it would, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's still tough to see him go. He's a great guy. I think his personality is wonderful. And in terms of what this team was really built on this season and last, he's one of the key vibes guys. So wherever he goes, I know the fans are going to love him uh, with his next team. And if it's the Flames, you know, I, I think it actually could make some sense. Calgary could use an injection of personality into that team. I think that locker room has had a really rough go of it this year. Um, and with the, the, the Dubé stuff in relation to the world juniors, uh, the, the world junior case, which if you haven't been following, make sure you read up on that. It it's probably pretty grim out there right now. So Schmidt might be a really positive force to a room. That's quite honestly, uh, reeling most likely from all of the news and, you know, for the jets, if they can find a way to make that package work and, you know, get Tana for maybe a second and I don't know, Lucius or something. I think that could be really, really good for the Jets. Winnipeg certainly could do with uh, the the stabilizing force that Tanev brings as a strong defensively minded blue liner. And honestly, you know, he'd be a pretty big upgrade for Winnipeg's top four. Now, if the Jets wanted to do things internally, you know, in terms of like the winger situation, I think Rucker McGrory for me is probably the most likely candidate to slide in. McGrory, look, I, I don't know what he's going to be like at the pro level necessarily, but there's a, there's a good chance that based on his meteoric rise through college, his improvement in his skating, and the fact that he continues to dominate uh, at that level, I think he could actually be a pretty effective player in Winnipeg's bottom six. I don't know if Bones is going to give him third line minutes off the bat. My guess is he'll probably be very sheltered and get maybe fourth line minutes. I wouldn't be shocked to see him start on the fourth first, but I do think that over time he'll do enough to start earning uh, Bones' trust. And I think he plays the game the way that uh, Rick is going to enjoy. You know, he's hard-nosed, hard tackle, very physical, but also surprisingly skilled and also brings um, an element of, of work ethic and defensive presence that, you know, the, the Jets are going to really enjoy. And I say surprisingly skilled because I think people have sort of underestimated him throughout his career. I know when he was first picked, I was kind of like, Rucker McGrory, you know, at, at such a high draft pick, why did the Jets go for him? But over the last few years, we've really seen him blossom into a top offensive threat. He's Winnipeg's best prospect, and I think he's got a really good chance of being an absolute monster for the Jets in the years ahead. So if this is maybe his first season with Winnipeg, he gets some games in the playoffs. I'd be kind of down with that. I guess you could also look at Brad Lambert or uh, Chibrikov. Obviously, uh, Chibi and, and Lambert have been really, really good for the Moose. Uh, Brad, I think, is, is really starting to show why he was at one point touted as like a top five NHL draft pick. And for Winnipeg, you know, this is a fantastic acquisition. You know, you, you drafted him, what, 30th overall or so? I still, to this day, can't believe he fell that far. I always felt like Brad was one of those players that, you know, I was dreaming of 
you know, joining the Jets, a guy that I didn't think was ever going to be available where Winnipeg got him. But somehow all of the stars aligned. He is a Winnipeg prospect, and he might actually be ready to also kind of do an NHL audition. Now, Lambert, because he's under contract control right now, might actually get a late season call up. I, I don't know for sure. Uh, but if you get like a sampling of like maybe seven games from him, right, where you can slide his ELC year, perhaps there's a chance that you get to see a little bit of Brad Lambeau action. It's not guaranteed, but it is something that the Jets maybe consider. Uh, on the defensive side of things, you could probably look at using Billy Heinola at some point. Heinola was definitely guaranteed a spot uh, coming out of preseason. He might have even had Schmidt's spot until, of course, that horrible ankle injury that sidelined him for about a third of the year. Now that he's finally skating again with the Moose, he's starting to strengthen and get healthier. Perhaps this is where we see him come in. At the very least, he's the number seven on the depth chart. So, you know, in the first instance of an injury or somebody needing some rest, you can bet that Heinola will be suiting up and hopefully he is back to what he does best because when he's you know on point and he's got that skill and, and speed and, and puck moving ability that we know that he can do, he can be a dominant controlling force. So get excited for that. But obviously the Jets have Lots of options, lots of doors to explore. The Monahan trade has actually left quite a few options on the table. Let me know which one you want to see the Jets do the most. Drop your thoughts on what they should do next in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Now, speaking of internal upgrades, let's talk about why or why they may not go with that in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Sleeper. It's almost halfway through the season, just a little bit beyond it now, and the Winnipeg Jets are sitting in the top rungs of the NHL. Things have been looking pretty good. Aside from some questionable special teams, everyone seems to be pretty high on the Jets. But regardless of where the team is in the standings, I want to remind you that you can win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey because with Sleeper you could win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. For those of you who are stats nerds and love tracking your favorite players, Sleeper makes sure that they track all of the top categories, including goals, assists, saves, save percentage, and so much more. No matter what, though, this is where you can make all of that knowledge and attention you pay to hockey really count. If you think you know McCarr or McDavid or Ehlers and Shifley better than Sleeper, you know what? If you beat their projection, whether it's more or less for a given game, you could start winning big. If you beat their projections eight times with eight different categories in one game, you could win 100 times your cash. That's right, 100 times your cash with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you get, you'll get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions to apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms for uh, use of, terms of use for details and locational availability. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, we just thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are talking about some fun things with the Jets uh, in light of the Sean Monaghan trade. Obviously, the one of the biggest news pieces of the week, uh, aside from like the Lindholm trade, which is a very big thing, the Jets kind of followed it up with their own. They got their center. And we're talking about whether the Jets are perhaps going for internal or external upgrades, which they've really got options to do both. We'll talk about which one I think they're going to go with here in a little bit. But before we move on to ahead of ourselves, just wanted to shout out something really cool the Locked On Network is doing. 
we have launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts and international shows covering every league. Go to Locked on Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, like I said, the Jets, uh, you know, this year is is very interesting for them. Winnipeg has perhaps one of the most wide-open playoff fields they've ever been in, and the Jets have one of the best records in the NHL. And it's not like they're a team that's gotten here by accident. They've legitimately earned their record. This is a very good team. And so for the Jets, it's kind of evaluating, you know, what you have internally and what you need to acquire through trade. And for Winnipeg, I think this season – they're going to have to balance things a little bit tightly. My guess is they want one big depth defender. And I, I call it a depth defender, but let's be real. Uh, the Jets are probably seeking a blue line upgrade and a, a fairly significant one. Now, Chikrin could be a, a really good one. Obviously, he's a huge piece with the Sens. But, you know, given the fact that the Jets just gave up their first rounder from Monaghan, my guess is Winnipeg's probably not going after Chikrin, especially given that the price will involve one of the Jets' top prospects. And I think given how Winnipeg has built this team so far, they're kind of inclined to not touch the Barlows or the McGrorties, the, the Lamberts. Lucius might be a little bit more available because of his injury history, but generally speaking, I think Winnipeg kind of wants to get back to its roots, right? Get back to what it does best, building through draft and develop, and actually getting those players to the NHL, because the last several years, they haven't done that. And that kind of leads to the question of, okay, so are the Jets this year going to be calling up some of their youth and, and relying on it? And I don't feel like this is necessarily the season that's going to happen. The only reason I think McGrory has a shot at being Winnipeg's third line center or, or winger is because the Jets might want to uh, save a little bit of cash and not go for a really expensive acquisition, especially if they're trying for Chris Tanev. Tanev is probably going to use much of the remaining cap space. And unless the Jets move out some big salary, my guess is Winnipeg is probably going to be content to not try and um, go for another big trade deadline acquisition. Now, maybe they surprise me and maybe they do something that no one really expects, but I would say if the Jets make Tanev and Monaghan plus McCrory, their main trade deadline moves, that's totally okay with me. I think that actually makes a lot of sense. I think the Jets can perhaps do this without giving up one of their core pieces for the future. And if you're Winnipeg and you're thinking about the short and long-term planning, especially for the next two years, maybe not using your ELC seasons immediately isn't the worst idea. You maybe pace it out a little bit because you know that your two-year window over the next couple of seasons is, is kind of when you've got everyone under control, and maybe next season you start evaluating which of your young talents are going to start taking over some of the veterans who you may not want to bring back as much. Now, I'm not saying the Jets aren't going to you know, avoid resigning Ehlers or Connor. Very much the case where I think both are returning on long-term deals. Although with Ehlers, I sort of wonder what he feels personally. But in terms of like guys like Ayafalo, Appleton, Nemesnikov, you're starting to recognize that their time with the Jets might be running out here over the next few years. Winnipeg is going to want to get younger. They're going to want to save some money here and there so that when it comes time for another trade deadline splash, they have the cap space and roster space to really make that happen. And I would imagine the Jets would also like to restructure how their defense works. But thanks to the contracts that they've currently got, doing so is a little bit on the trickier side. So navigating their way through that is going to be 
a little bit challenging, and obviously DeMello's going to need a new deal. Winnipeg has to figure out what to do with Brendan Dillon. A lot of questions, no easy answers, but I think the Jets are happy that it's that way. Winnipeg has some legit chances to uh, really make this team in the image that they want to. They don't have to go in any particular direction right now. They can take their time and plan things out very carefully. So I guess this year, my overall sense is that Winnipeg will only make one internal upgrade. That's probably for the bottom six forward group. I think otherwise, the Jets are mostly going to make a couple of trade deadline acquisitions, including Monaghan, Tanev, maybe the other one. Maybe Sean Walker is the trade deadline acquisition. I don't know. Uh, it sounded like the Flyers were asking a lot for Walker, so my guess is he's probably off the table. I think the Jets very much like not having to touch their core group of prospects going forward, and I can't blame them. You know, if you got Barlow, Lambert, Lucius Chibrikov and uh, some of the other guys, maybe in, you know, Zilkin and a few others. That's that's a pretty nice group. And on the defensive side of things, I think Salomonson for the Jets is probably as close to as untouchable as they view any other prospect. So a lot to be excited about. I think if you're Winnipeg, the fact that you have this many choices and this many doors to open is just awesome. You know, Winnipeg doesn't have to feel like it has to go through any particular pathway, they can sort of pick and choose. And I think they're going to do that towards the trade deadline. I am curious to see if maybe they still try and bring in a big winger. Uh, you know, there's going to be some options out there. Maybe Tarasenko suddenly becomes a legit option. I don't know how that would even happen or how that would even work. But hey, you know, the Jets have surprised us before. I really wasn't expecting the Monahan thing. Uh, that one caught me off guard. So maybe the Jets do something again that's a little bit surprising and bring a big name that we're not thinking about just yet. But of course, before then, the Jets are finally going to see what Monahan brings in tomorrow's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'll talk about what I'm expecting from this and what I would imagine we're going to see from the Jets. Hopefully, it's a healthier lineup for one thing. But before we get into that, I just wanted to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about getting the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Now, of course, for me, like I've said in the past, the Super Bowl is a little bit bittersweet for me. I'm a Ravens fan. You know how that went. It was a little bit rough. Uh, so <laughs> the incentive for me is not to watch, but I always still tune in because I love the commercials. The halftime show is usually great, and sometimes you just want to witch or witness some football history. So no matter what, though, even if I'm feeling a little bit down about it, FanDuel has so many ways for me and folks like you to win big, maybe two or three times. You can win big, not only just betting on which players will score a touchdown or how many points will be scored, but they've got tons of other categories for you to find for Super Bowl 58. And FanDuel wants to make it easy and awesome, especially for new customers. Because if you join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up and learn more. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everyday, thank you so much for rejoining us on today's episode as we are wrapping up really quickly with some thoughts on Winnipeg's game against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, obviously, you know, the Jets have been kind of limping along the last couple of weeks, and coming into this game, their form at 5v5 has really dipped. Although, I've said in the past, I don't think it's anything to be particularly worried about. I think the Jets are going to be fine. I think, you know, just the accumulation of injuries and fatigue has kind of been 
what's put this team a little bit under the cosh, but you know what? Now the team is back up to hopefully full strength. I'd imagine Shifley is ready to go. Uh, we're about to see um, Heinella perhaps also suit up here pretty soon, maybe even for just a game or two, just to see what he's like. Uh, obviously, he hasn't been called up yet. He's still with the Moose, but I would imagine in the not-too-distant future, we're going to see him return, and that's pretty good because having blue line reinforcements, especially of the Heinella variety, um, certainly gives the Jets some really cool flexibility on the back end. But the most important thing is that we're likely to see the debut of Sean Monahan, right? Monahan, very big trade piece, one of the top, I guess, uh, <laughs> like deadline rental options, I would say. And for Winnipeg, this gives them a lineup that's deeper than I think we've ever really seen. Uh, and, and look, I, I've had my reservations about Monahan in the past, but I think in this team, he's probably going to eat, right? Let's be real. I think this guy is a, a savvy veteran player with a great shot. He's got nice passing and sharp offensive instincts. And between two of our most talented players in Perfetti and Ehlers, it might not be much of a brainer, right? This might be an awesome fit. Sean might immediately hit it off. And if that's the case, Winnipeg's going to be laughing to the bank because all it cost them was essentially a late first rounder and at worst, like uh, a third rounder from 2027. So the Jets are probably pretty happy. Their predicted lineups basically go like Connor, Shifley, and Velarde. Shifley's healthy, or Shifley's health pending, but I do expect that he'll probably be good to go. Then you've got Perfetti, Monahan, and, and Ehlers. This trio, I'm really interested to see how they do because typically anyone who plays with Ehlers usually does pretty well. Even Nemesnikov, who um, hasn't traditionally been the highest scoring of forwards, actually fit in pretty nicely. Uh, obviously, Ehlers, when he plays with more talented guys, you know, he can really take flight and those numbers go up even higher. But even with Nemesnikov, who's been usually like a middle six center, it's really not been too much of an issue at all. So I expect that Monaghan's going to slide in nicely. He might put up some really monster numbers because he's got an extra level of finishing talent and skill that, you know, perhaps some of our other center options don't necessarily have. On the third line, you're still going to have your usual Nino, uh, Lowry, and Appleton, which hopefully this trio kind of figures things out because they've been up and down a little bit the past couple of months. But overall, recently they've been back to doing pretty good stuff. So I'd like to see them actually just score more frequently. I think that would be awesome because we know that they can be really effective in the slot area when they're rolling. And then, you know, on the fourth, we've got Baron, Nemesnikov, and Ayafalo, which that's looking like a cup contending fourth line if you ask me. This team, now that it has kind of that, that second line center rule filled out, looks really deep, really strong, and I think the Jets are ready and excited to uh, to get into action with what should be a strong lineup. On the Penn side of things, you know, the first line, you've got Gensel, Crosby, and Rust. How much longer they have Gensel is a question. Uh, Jake is actually one of the players I would love to see come to Winnipeg. Is it going to happen? No, probably not. But it's nice to dream, and if he actually somehow ended up in Winnipeg, Holy mother of mercy, we have like the scariest team in the league. As it is right now, no, the Jets are still looking pretty good, and I think they're pretty happy with uh, the current wing depth. Now for the Penguins' second line, it's O'Connor, Malkin, and Colin White. You, you can kind of tell that uh, Pittsburgh's roster depth is definitely not what it used to be. Malkin has probably had to do a lot more uh, load carrying than he's used to, and I think you're starting to notice that he's not really able to do it like he did in his prime. So that's a bit of a concern for uh, Pittsburgh going forward, but I think they already know this is sort of the waning years of this team. 
this might even be the last year or so of Crosby. I think Crosby stays, uh, but you know, in the NHL, you can never quite put um, your faith in any one particular thing. But I do think Crosby is one of those guys who's going to stay loyal to the end and probably retire a penguin. On the third line, you've got Raquel Eller and Pustinen, which is kind of funny because uh, Eller, you know, former cap and certainly one of their pivotal pieces a few years ago on their cup run. At this point, he's definitely getting closer to retirement. Raquel probably along the same track. Uh, these guys have logged a lot of minutes in the NHL. Their scoring rates have definitely taken a dip at this point, you know. They're just sort of riding it out perhaps with one last playoff push with the Penguins. Now, on the fourth line, you've got a familiar face, Anson Harkins. Uh, he, he's he been okay-ish, I guess, for the Penguins. I haven't really kept a close eye. I've heard very mixed things about his time there, but, you know, in terms of playing a bottom six role, that probably is about what you would expect. And then he's played playing with uh, Achari and Carter, right? Jeff Carter being a, a former Stanley Cup winner, that has to be pretty wild to have that much experience on your fourth line. Although, you know, with Carter, you can kind of understand why his – you know, his top end days have probably passed him by a good long while ago. But hey, you know, this Penguins team, that's kind of the story with them. They're on the older side. Things have kind of slowed down. And I think for the Jets, if you're looking for a fun but manageable opening uh, game back in the start of this, uh, like the resumption of the season post All-Star break, this is a good test. And it really gives you a shot to see um, if some of the work in the uh, past week or so is really paid off. And I think it's especially noticeable for something like the power play. Uh, we have got to see a power play that's more active, that has better off the puck movement, more cycling, uh, more aggression, because I feel like the power play has been very stagnant. I've had to say it way too much this season. I feel like with a week and a half off or so, and a very tight focus, focus on the fact that the power play has been really crap, you know, the Jets are going to really look at this and I, I hope fix it. Cause like it can't continue as it is. Uh, it's not something that's going to kill them in the playoffs necessarily, but if your power play sucks the way this one does, it's going to be a liability. And the Jets really can't afford too many liabilities, especially if they have any injuries at all. Winnipeg, look, they're they're deep. They're built to sustain some adversity. But at the very least, if you can take advantage of your opponent's mistakes, that's going to be the best way to help get you, uh, hopefully, a deep playoff run and, all told, maybe a Stanley Cup. So that way, our draft picks that we give up can be like 32nd overall. So a lot to be excited about, a lot to kind of keep in mind. Uh, maybe the Jets will be a little bit rusty coming out of the break. We'll see. Uh, the time off sometimes has the adverse effect of making your team slower. But I think with how the Jets are and how they've shown in, in previous games where they've had a break before, Winnipeg is going to start off strong and hopefully give us a good show. But give me your score predictions in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. I'll probably say 4-2 Jets. Let's hope for a big Hellebuck victory and things getting back on track after what was a little bit of a sad end to the uh, first half of the season a couple weeks ago. But like I said, drop your predictions below. Let me know what you think of uh, Monaghan and all of the other stuff the Jets are considering. Drop your thoughts below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that's going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. We will see you back here tomorrow for hopefully some good Pens coverage and maybe even some more trade rumors. And, uh, of course, I'm just excited to have Jets hockey back. It's about dang time. But, as always, have a great night. Get ready for tomorrow and go Jets go.